is welcome back to Mastering You with Matt Sutton. Hope you've been having a great week. And um, yeah, it's been a busy one at LPT. Uh, the High Rocks training's been going well. It's tough, <laughs> I've got to say. But I'm um, really looking forward to it now. We're only, uh, what are we, about six, seven weeks away from the October um, Birmingham High Rocks event. And myself and many of our members have been training super hard for it. So big shout out to all you guys that have been putting in the work. Uh, I, yeah, it's it's a it's a great event to train for. If anyone hasn't heard of High Rocks before, the best place to find out more is to go back to episode 113, where we spoke to the world High Rocks champion Gary Rothwell. And um, that that episode in particular got a lot of love, and uh, he actually goes into how. Uh, he won that event, but also his amazing backstory. Uh, and also the episode before that, 112, we touched on for one of the first times the topic of money, mastering your money mindset. And we're going to take that a step further today and give you some more practical advice on actually how you can use your money to make more money. And it's called investing. And in this episode, my expert guest, Paul Halmy, um, he really is an expert in this area. Um, he teaches you the, the basics. This is really, I guess, a beginner's guide to investing. So if you've never really thought about investment before, or you've thought that it was for people that were just purely investors, um, then definitely listen in. This is really, I think it's really timely this topic, particularly with the, the rising cost of living, the energy crisis and all this fear around, you know, money. I think now's the time to start thinking about our future if you haven't already. So, um, like I said, talking to Paul Harmy, Paul went from working as a stockbroker for a major Wall Street firm to an entrepreneur where he built his own MMA, successful MMA business and helped other MMA gym owners do the same. And today he now specializes in helping people fix their finances and then buy assets to create passive income. So we cover a lot of topics in today's episode um, from the secret to building wealth. Um, I asked Paul his opinion on cryptocurrency. Uh, Paul shares where to start with building passive income. He shares what dollar cost averaging is. Um, why is developing wealth slow and boring for most people? Uh, he also shares the difference between trading and investing and many more things. So yeah, lots of practical advice. You're going to want to listen to this and make notes. So enjoy today's episode with Paul Harmy. Paul Hormie, welcome to Mastering You with Matt Sutton. Fantastic to have you on today um, in sunny Texas. Sunny Texas, yeah. Actually, yeah. a little bit of cloudy today, so it's cooling off a little bit. So excited to be here. I get to, to say I'm, I'm, I'm in sunny UK for a change. So yeah. I'm going to make the most of that. <laughs> yeah, we've had a rough summer. It's hot, 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 hot. <laughs> yeah, this, this it's global warming, right? <laughs> <laughs> Something, Something's going on. <laughs> so... Um, 
yeah we have a little brief convo um like i like to do with a lot of my guests beforehand and today guys we're going to deliver lots of value um on the the big topic of money i think money is a, is a big topic worldwide right now uh, i think people have obviously concerns about things going on in the world that are causing prices to rise and um rather than getting all stressy about it and reactive about it you know if we can have a, a conversation about what how we can manage our mindset around it strategic things practical things we can do um paul's the man that's going to help us do that but first paul you, you are you're a bit like me really you're not your typical you know the, the person who talks about finances you know I, i'm i would say i'm not your typical pt i'm an i'm an ex snooker player so nice. you, know, you you come from the mma world of fitness you yep you, um you then um before that you were a stockbroker on wall street so um how do all these things inter intertwine it, it's all a crazy story it all goes back to jujitsu and mma i had moved down to dallas texas uh, when i graduated from college and met these guys doing jujitsu i'm like oh they, they're younger guys but they dress pretty nice and had nice cars i'm like what do you guys do and like oh we're stockbrokers and i'm like oh this is in 2001 when the market was on fire and they're like i'm like they said you have a degree i'm like yeah i said oh we're hiring basically anybody with a degree and a personality i'm like cool I'll try it. So yeah, I went in, got hired. Best job I ever had, like for a corporate job. It was amazing because I got to learn so much about money. And like you said earlier, mindset, like, you know, if you grow up without money, you think money's this unattainable thing that only rich people have. And then, you know, I started working as a broker. I'm talking to regular people that had accumulated millions of dollars over like 30 and 40 years. And I'm like, okay, so this, this is a game. It's like put money in every month. Don't worry about it. Market goes up, it goes down, whatever. You play the long course and you'll have a, a ton of money when you're old, but everybody it's that feeling of like, oh, I don't want to wait till I'm old. I want to be rich now. So it really helped me a lot with my mindset of like, kind of like with fitness, playing the long game. It's like, everybody wants to get you know, ripped in six weeks, but then it's like, yeah, you might do it, but then you're going to gain all the weight back. It's like, it's a lifestyle. It's a commitment. And so I found that the two all mixed together. And then when I left being a broker, I opened up my MMA gym and, and did that for a while. Still do that to this day, but as was I that helped, just a more of a passion thing? Was it the MMA gym? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I definitely didn't make money the first couple of years. I kept my job, but then I got around people that knew what they were doing. I'm like, Hey, I can make money doing this. And okay, this could work. And then it turned into something profitable. And then I started teaching other gym owners how to, to be profitable. And then it's like, they went full circle back to, okay, I have money. What do I do now? And I'm like, Oh, cool. Let's talk about investing. So it's been a fun ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that, and, and what space of time did all that happen in? Uh, so I was a broker for six years and then I had my gym took it. So, you know, it's probably a, a 10 year time frame. you know, from going broker to entrepreneur to entrepreneur that can pay his bills. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was a good 10 years. I was a 10 year overnight success. <laughs> well, they say, you know, 10 years is that sort of 10,000 hour rule, isn't it? Of, of becoming a master. What, what would you say in terms of mastery? Did, did you master during that time or, or achieve some level of mastery in that time, you know, whether it was mindset or personality or salesmanship or financial um, education. There's a little bit of everything, but learning to do the important things that as business owners, we don't really want to do all the time. It's like, oh, I don't want to be salesy. You have to do sales. It's like, it's the lifeblood of your business. You have to enroll new members. So yeah. learning how to do sales and marketing was huge, you know, and then always working on your mindset you know, and then of course, finance, that's my favorite thing. I'm always into that every day. But really for me, the big turning point was learning sales and marketing. And 
you know, learning from people that were ethical. So I was like, this is, you know, I'm not running a scam here. I'm literally running a gym to help people live a better life. It's the easiest thing on earth to sell. <laughs> so mm. it's like, so once I got my mindset right and switched it, cause I was younger, I was like, I'll never sell anything. You know, I don't want to work for the man and all this stuff. And I realized, Hey, I got a wife and kids. Um, I better start selling some stuff or they're not going to have very much. So, you know, and it's just fun because, you know, in fitness and, and everything like that, it's like, we're giving people something that changes their life. I mean, it's yeah. such a rewarding career. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I went through that myself, actually, for many, many years. I, I, I just, you know, being a PT, I, you know, people ask me, is it a good job? I was like, yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's a fantastic job. It is tough to make a good living out of it. You do have to do, like you said, you have to learn marketing, you have to learn sales. <laughs> um, but you also, if I could rewind the clock, you do have to treat it as a business. And the problem with it is because it's so much fun, a lot of PTs, including myself, you know, I did make the mistake of, of treating it almost like a hobby. And one day I'll grow up and get a job, you know, <laughs> and, you know, you realize uh, there was a moment, you know, a few years, not, not that long ago, like maybe five, six years ago, I realized, well, what am I actually trying to do here? It's like, it's a business. It is a proper business. I'm, I'm employing people and I'm not really looking at the bottom line much. And what is the bottom line? I started to sort of think about that more. I think, well, ultimately I am trying to build some wealth into my life. And that was where I started. I know you went, you sort of went from entrepreneur to investor and that's where, and one of my mentors said, you need to have the investor mindset, even when you're a business owner, because everything that you spend as a business owner, or even if you're not a business owner, you know, you, if you have that investor mindset, you start to think about your money better. I mean, even for the people that come to us at LPT to say, maybe lose weight or get fit. I recommend the investor mindset because a lot of people will, you know, at one of our front end programs to get people started is like two to 300 pounds. And they'll think, wow, that's, I just can't afford that without thinking, well, what is my return on that? You know, firstly, the cost that that usually when we talk of the numbers, they realize that they're they're spending way more than that on takeaways, fast food, alcohol, things that they wouldn't help them towards their goals anyway. But also the the investment in themselves. I mean, like you said, we're transforming people's lives or we're making their lives better. What is that worth to you? So someone could say, yeah, yeah, we've got members that have lost over 100 pounds in like 10 months. And they're doing like, you know, fitness runs and obstacle course races and entering <laughs> fitness world championships. I mean, that is pretty phenomenal. Would you invest two hundred pounds if someone said I could I could get to that point? Of course you would. Of course you so would. If you have that investment mindset, and I like I said, I definitely made that that mistake for many years. I wasn't really looking at the bottom line. I just I just kind of look at my bank account and think, oh, have I got any money? Yeah, I've got some money, so that's good. You know, it's a big mistake if I look back because I told myself the story that um, I'm not in this for the money. I'm yep. just here to help people and I love what I do and I just want to help people get results. But then I realized one day, well, actually, if I have more money, I can open maybe more facilities. I can run more programs. I can help more people. <laughs> so it's short, short term thinking. And I suppose, do you see that a lot with people when it comes to money is just making decisions about their investments too short term yeah all the time everybody you know and unfortunately like everybody you know last couple of years oh crypto and amc and gamestop become a millionaire and it's like you know you, yeah there are people that got lucky and did that but it's like you have to have a longer term mindset every time i chase a short-term result 
it always backfires. It goes back to like, even like fitness, when I go on a crash diet and I got to lose weight for a turn or something like that, it's all coming back. And then some, cause I didn't change my lifestyle. I just, you know, I have to think long-term. So yeah, I see that as a big thing. You have to invest in your health. You have to invest in your finances. You have to invest in your mindset, your family. And when people change that mindset, like you said, it's like, if you actually look at how much money you waste a month on just insane things, you'd be, you freak out. It's like, you know, I bet people listen, you know, probably spend a thousand dollars, but they could track down a thousand dollars a month that they're like, I really don't need that. You know, could I clean that up? And a lot of times it overlaps too. It's hurting their finances and their health because they're, like you said, their takeaways and alcohol, mm. you know, granted have some fun, but it's like, if you've got a $500 a month alcohol bill, you know, we got to talk unless you're, you know, it, it's tough, you know? so yeah, having that long-term mindset is huge. It changes the whole game. So what are, let, let's get straight to some practical tips for the listener. What, what are some top tips, particularly when it comes to money, what should people be doing you know, as a, as a very first step one, like they've, they've lived maybe, you know, that they've never really taken, taken too much notice of their finances. They're not really looking at, you know, they think of the word as of investment and it scares, it scares them. them. Yeah. yeah. And they don't think about it. And even if it's just a case of putting away a, a few quid each month. So what's step one, Paul? Step one is you have to do it now. You know, it's like, you have to just, the biggest thing I get from clients, people I talk to all the time is, and you, you've probably heard this too, is like, man, when I get, when I have money, I'm going to, and it's like, no, you're not because your lifestyle is going to change. You're no matter how much money we make, we find a way to spend it. And if we don't, our wives do <laughs> it's like and our kids. So it's like, you have to do it now. You have to make a commitment to yourself and be like, Hey, I'm going to start this now. And the easiest thing you can do, if you're listening to this is set up automatic transfers. It just changes the game because meant our mindset, even me, I get busy and I forget to do things, but it's like, I have a mind super complex now, but you start off with literally have a checking account and a savings account and have money move every, you know, once a day, once a week, once a month, whatever, just something automatically moves. So it's not you doing it. And then you start looking at it and you're like, Hey, that savings account has more money in it. That's kind of cool. And it gets to be like a fun feeling. You're like, Oh my God. It's like, you know, I moved $10 a day, you know, in, in the U S <clears throat> money can't move on weekends. So I didn't lose during business days. So it's average is like 21 days a month. So $10 a month or $10 a day is like $210 a month, which doesn't seem like a lot, but over the course of a year, it's you know, a few thousand dollars all of a sudden. And you're like, that didn't hurt my life at all. Didn't have $10 moved. And now you got a few thousand dollars. And then as you get better and more into it, you up the, you up the number. And then it's kind of like, Oh, this is easy. It's like, I have clients where they'll be like, Hey, I got a whole bunch of money in this account. What do I do now? And I'm like, all right, you're listening. Thank God. But just you yeah, have to should that step step one be transferring their money into some sort of savings account or yep. just yeah, yep. Even if 100%. it's just low interest, it just it's just getting in that habit of just just putting just. I guess it is a habit of just putting that yep. away, that little bit of money, even if it makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable at first. Oh yeah, and so if it, I tell people if it's a number that makes you super uncomfortable, then go lower. And people are like, well. And some people are like, well, I can't start. I'm like, can you do a dollar a day? And then they'll laugh. Well, of course I could do a dollar. I'm like, then why aren't you? And then they're like, well, uh, because it's not a lot. I'm like, well, it's more than zero and you're doing zero right now because you get the mm -hmm. habit. Even a dollar a day is 21 bucks a month, 22 bucks a month, which isn't going to change the world, but you're going to start developing these habits. It's like going to the gym and some people are like, well, I got to do this extreme workout. And then like a good PT will be like, well, no, we got to like get you, you know, slowly broken in. We got to get you developing these habits, get you walking, you know, 10,000 steps a day, doing these little things but everybody wants the big win. It's like, no, don't go buy Dogecoin right now. Start putting money into a savings account to get the habit. Cause then once you develop the habit, it gets fun. And you're like, Oh, Hey, I can do this. And then you're like, okay, 
now that I've got the money in there, then you go talk to somebody at, at a brokerage firm and be like, Hey, you know, I'm 30 years old and I want to retire in 30 years or whatever. I don't have a 401k and in the U S we use IRAs. I don't know what you guys use over it's you guys use I is it IS I R S. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have like retirement accounts there. So the same thing is you go in a, and that's the other thing too. Everybody We're just paying to, to a pension basically. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody, everybody I talk to is scared to talk to somebody about it because they don't understand investing. But if you go into like brokerage firms and things like that and talk to people, they'll help you. Their job is to help and they want to educate you. So you start learning the basic terminology and they'll help you a lot of times. Like if you have a pension program or something that can be like in the US, we have target date funds where like, hey, if you're 30 years old, you want to retire in 35 years and you buy the retirement, you know, 2055 fund or something. So it's all done for you and it's all automated and it's super simple. But if you never start, then you're going to wake up one day, you're going to be 45 and you're going to be like, because I have friends that have made stupid amounts of money that have no money. And I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, well, you know, I've been doing this and this and this. And then, but when I get some money, I'm going to start investing. I'm like, bro, you're pushing 50. Let's get started. So then for them, yeah. I have to have the, the, the conversation with them. I'm like, hey, you skipped 20 years of investing. So it can't be a hundred dollars a month. You know, we're talking, you know, you need to be putting away 500 to a thousand or whatever to catch up because you're behind the eight ball. But I tell people, don't get down on yourself. It's like coming into uh, the, the gym when you're in your fifties and you're fat and you're like, man, I spent the last 30 years getting fat. Okay, cool. Let's spend the next 30 years getting you in the best shape of your life and healthy habits. Same with your money. It's like, you can be behind, but you can play catch up and then, you know, go from 45 to 75. And then all of a sudden, Hey, I got a bunch of money. I can help put my grandkids into college. I can go on these trips with my wife. I can take my grandkids to, you know, wherever, and just do a bunch of really cool stuff. If you just get started. Is there an amount of money that people should look to before they go to that step two of starting to look at how they utilize that, that capital that they've, they've saved? I mean, um, should, should they wait until they've got in business? One of the things that, you know, you hear a lot of is, is try and always have like six months operating expenses yeah. in the bank <laughs> or 12 months. If you want to be really on the, uh, you know, on the sort of safe side, on personal finances, I'm not so sure what if, if there are any sort of diehard rules. It's pretty much the same. You know, everybody says six months for your business, six months for your personal, which, you know, can be tricky. So a lot of times what I tell people, and, and I'm not a big, like in the US, Dave Ramsey's the big thing, like, oh, you know, never have debt, pay off all your debt, then start investing. But if you don't ever start, you never get going. So I tell people when I'm working with them is, and it's a fun, because it makes it more fun. And so as you take the money and it goes into that business savings account, you know, you're building that account up. But then if you say you have no uh, reserves for your business, because we learned in 2020, you have to have reserves for your business. I mean, mm. it, it made my life so much less stressful. My wife freaked out. She's like, what are we going to do? Because they shut us down. It was like, I'm not essential. I can't run my business. It's like, I can't sell. I can't do anything. And my wife's like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, oh, it's okay. We're good for about two years, <laughs> you know, and then, but I'm going to be really, really angry if I have to sell my investments because the market's down and I want and wait for it to come back up. But luckily, you know, I had reserves for my business, reserves for my personal. And then luckily we weren't shut down that long, but you learned from 2020, like I've been preaching this for, you know, 10 years to clients, like you have to have reserve accounts. You have to have money outside your business just because, you know, recessions happen every seven to 10 years, whatever, but a pandemic, hopefully we never see that crap again. Cause I'm just, that was, I'm good. Um, <laughs> we're I'm done good. with, we're done with that. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Um, so I tell people to make it fun. And so you have that money. So say you built that uh, savings account up and say, it's got like $2,000 in it. You're like, Hey, I got $2,000 in here. This is pretty cool. What should I do now? I always tell them to leave half the money in there. And then to every like once a quarter and then take half the money out and put it into something. That way you're building the reserve account. And then you're also building an investment account because 
a lot of times if you just leave the money in the reserve account, you're kind of like, ah, it's just there. And then you, you never get started investing. So I'm a big fan of like, you have to get started, you know, in a pension and an IRA, some kind of retirement, you know, talk to your tax person who can tell you what the best thing for you to do is, but start doing that now. Don't be like, oh, when I get 30 grand in my business savings, then I'm going to start an IRA. That could be a few years from now. I'd rather see people doing both because mm. that way you get that, just develop those winning habits of just money moving constantly. Yeah. And so is that, is that your opinion on you know, sort of uh, building like passive income as well? Or what, what are your sort of thoughts around that? Yeah, it's, for it's me, the, it's the buzz buzzword, isn't it? In oh, it's, it's, it's the biggest buzzword. And, and, <laughs> and we all got, everybody got hosed last year when it was like, oh, you know, get this crypto and it'll pay you passively forever, 20%, blah, 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 blah. And then like, where's it come from? And then it turns out it was fairy dust and everybody lost all their money because, you know, it just really wasn't real. It was unattainable to do things like that. And that's the hardest thing, which gives passive income a bad name because it's, it's a lot of scammy stuff. So I've actually, yeah. actually had this, I lately stopped using it. Now I use like, other words, because people are just insane about it. But to me, there's three phases that we go through um, is first one, you got to get started, you have to start, if you don't start passive income is not going to happen unless you have a really wealthy family member die, or you win the lottery or something, and then you're probably gonna blow through it. So you have to get started with good habits and built and and um, good habits and starting the investment accounts, then you have to accumulate funds. And this is the most boring part where everybody kind of rolls their eyes when I tell them, I'm like, this is not a fast process. This is a 20, 30, 40 year process. People are like, well, I want to do what you're doing. Well, I, I'm telling them I'm 20 years into my 40 year plan. It's like, you, yeah. you're behind. It's like, you have to do the accumulation phase. And then the third phase is, um, I call it acquisition phase where you start acquiring assets that pay passively. So for me, as example, you know, I'm halfway through my plan and it's like, so it got to this point where I've been doing my IRAs, been doing my, my kids' college savings account, health savings accounts in the U S now it's like, okay, I have this money. And then now I can go find private equity deals and I can go invest into other companies as an investor, which is the greatest thing ever because I have no responsibility and no work, nothing I can do. So it's like, I don't have to stress out about what they're doing. I just kind of watch what they're doing and like, oh, cool. Then you get your quarterly report and you're like, oh, they did good. And then you get a check and it's amazing. But people always say like, oh, I want to do what you're doing. I want to jump the, do what you're doing. I'm like, well, did you do st step one and two? And they're like, well, no, I want to do step three. I'm like, cool. That's like saying, coming to you and be like, Hey, I've never, you know, I'm 50 pounds overweight and I want to do a bodybuilding show in six weeks. And you're like, yes, yeah, it's not happening. You know, it's like, and I have to be truthful to people. It's like, no, it's not going to happen that fast. It's the slow, boring process that's going to win. It's like, same with fitness. It's the people that stick with it and they show up every day. They do the little thing. You know, they don't come to the gym. They still get their 10,000 steps in, or they're like, you know what? Hey, today I didn't eat fries, you know, and they're looking for a healthy alternative. Same with money. You have to keep compounding the money. And then as it grows, then you'll see more opportunities. And then if you don't do steps one and two, then you're going to be like 50 years old, whatever, 60 years old. And opportunities are going to come along where you're going to run into meet friends and they're like, Hey, we're doing this investment into the blah, 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 or this real estate or this commercial property. And then you're like, man, I wish I had some money. You know, I never put any money away. And it's like, and then you don't, you don't ever get those deals. So it's, it's playing the long game. So that's, that's the long version for passive income for me, but you have to play the long game when it gets to that one, but it's so worth it. What, what, uh, your, what's your advice around, you know, what point do people, I mean, you, do you trade as, or cause you, you, you sort of have a differentiation, um, don't you before between trading and investing? So oh yeah. How do you, how do you sort of educate people on at what point do they dabble in trading? Is that something that they really need to think seriously about? Do they want to become experts in that area? Cause that's how it seems to me, this really is not in my wheelhouse. So it seems to me that, 
you know, it's an area that unless you really want to study, you, you can lose a lot more money than gain. Oh, you can, yeah, you can lose all your money. It's like, I've seen it. I thought I was a genius. You know, I was working, I'm a genius. I work for a brokerage house and I'm going to be a trader and all this stuff. And all I did was lose money because the market's the hardest thing in the world to time. I mean, it's like so hard. There's so many different studies about it, like time in market, time out of market. So I tell people, first off, you have to be an investor mindset first. You invest, you have your other accounts. If you want to become a trader, and learn, you can do it. But like you brought up earlier, it's 10,000 hours minimum. I mean, mm. and then how much capital you're going to burn through because you're going to make mistakes. And I still like people are like, oh, so you don't trade anymore. I still trade because I'm, I'm addicted to it. It's part of my life, but I separate my accounts. So I have a trading account, which is very small. And it's like, oh crap, lost a bunch of, you know, lost money. Cause you know, I'll be like, oh, I think this is going to happen. And I'm wrong 80% of the time. And then the worst part is when you're right, you know, then some, uh, the way we're wired as humans, it seems like when we're right, we sell too soon. And then when we're wrong, we hold on and like, Oh, I'm going to hold on. It's going to come back. You know, it's like the two mm -hmm. worst things you can do. So trading and also to trading is mentally exhausting. It takes up so much bandwidth. Like during COVID, it was fun because I, we had nothing to do and it was trading. We're all making money. I'm like, Oh, this is great. You know, I'd sit at my computer and just watch it. But then you get back to reality and you got to go to work. You got the kids going to school. You got to do this, this, this. And you're like, you can't sit there and stare at a screen because trading, you have to watch the ticks you know, you have to stare at the screen, you got to be in and out. And it's like mentally draining. So if you have a lot of free time, and you want to study and put in the minimum 10,000 hours, you could I have friends that are really good traders. But also too, it's like they're younger than me, they don't have kids, they just yeah. sit in their room and they trade and they're like, ah, but at the end of the day, how much are they really making? Because if you have money in the market, and the market has a good day, and they had a bad day trading, and then I just was investing and I'm like, Oh, cool, we made a whole bunch of money today. And what'd you do? I I didn't do anything. I just looked at my account. It was pretty cool. I was, I, I got a funny story for you. I was once, I used to tra train a trader and, um, you know, a PT client at his house and um, he had his own swimming pool. He had his own gym and uh, <laughs> he had like, well, he had about two or three gyms in different areas of his, it was, nice. but um, yeah, he was on the treadmill and uh, he had the NASDAQ on, on the TV and he, and he, he hit the, the emergency stop button on treadmill. <laughs> and I was like, what's happened? And he ran off and, <laughs> and he had to click stop on one of his. And I was like, what? Yeah, Is everything okay? And he's like, yeah, I just I nearly lost 25 grand. Yeah, it can turn on a dime. <laughs> so that's just a, an eye-opening experience to just how quickly you can lose a lot of money. Oh yeah. Trading, trading, it's, you, it's like anything, but yeah, it's very volatile. The markets move fast and you're playing against, you know, supercomputers and superhumans, and it's, it's tough, but investing, you know, like you listen to follow Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, all these guys have been around forever. Ray Dalio. They're just like, Nope, you just keep investing. You don't worry about it. You know? And it's like, you can look at charts, all these major sell-offs. Like I give people an example, March, 2020, we all thought the world was coming to an end. You know, all the, all the news of like people collapsing in the streets. We're like, Oh my God, this thing's really scary so the market sells off everybody panics and then all of a sudden people are like nobody's collapsing in the streets this is weird this is not as and then the market what did it do it rallied through the roof so if people had sold in march and didn't get back in the market lost a huge upside they 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 absorbed the downside and then they lost the upside because they were trying to time the market and i was telling that my family members would call because they always ask me questions they're like what should i do i'm like nothing it's like I'm like, if the world comes to an end and we're all going to die from this thing, it doesn't matter what happened to your Amazon stock. <laughs> You're yeah. gone. But if you live, do you think Amazon's going out of business? And they'd be like, wait, no. You think Apple's going out of business? You think your iPhone's going to stop working tomorrow? And they're like, uh, no. I'm like, 
then why would you sell your stocks? And they were like, oh, okay, thank you. You know, and it was like, you look at it, it was a great buying opportunity, you know? So it's like, you just never know. Like I predicted, you know, and once again, to say wrong, a bunch of my friends were like, oh, the market's going to sell off hard this summer because it, it was bad in the spring. We've had a crazy summer rally that nobody predicted, you know? So you just never know what it's going to do. So that's why the longer term mindset, these little sell-offs and things in the market, there's blips. Yeah, it's a, such a funny thing, like the human mind, isn't it? How horrible. we just don't seem to learn from our, like with our experiences, like both health and money uh, from the <laughs> pandemic. I, I, I thought from the pandemic, you know, particularly when all of the statistics come out that, you know, you were two to three more times likely to be critically ill or die if you had COVID, for instance, or, you know, underlying health. I thought I thought that would have a massive impact on on the narrative around how important it is to stay healthy and fit. Um, and yet you never really hear anything around that at all. You know, it's depressing. And, and it's kind of the same with the money side. Obviously people lost their, their homes, like people are really struggling now because obviously the energy crisis as well. And, but like you said, um, there's not really much chat around the, the most basic things like, you know, maybe we, if we learned to put a bit of money away each month, you know, it's such a, seems like such a simple thing, it's but so we, we'd simple. probably be in a lot better position, everyone, you know, financially. And obviously that, that was, we'd never learned after the, the financial crisis, the last big one of the crash in yep. 2008. And here we are again. Yeah. We're right back at it, you know, cause everything goes in cycles. There's ups, there's down, but if you just always investing, it's like, you don't, you're not selling it. You're not investing in crazy. I mean, obviously there's, you know, there's a bunch of the weird meme stocks people do and stuff like that. I don't highly definitely don't recommend that, but investing in good companies or investing in, you know, proper asset allocation, which, you know, is you can have simplified down to like, when you're going to retire and manage money like that, it just makes it so much easier to do. And like you said, it, you know, you would think coming out of what happened the last couple of years, there'd be a huge push for like, Hey, you know what? People need to get in better shape. You know, we need to cut down, but what do we get now? We get we get a Big Mac sale. I'm like, are you freaking serious? It's like, you could, people are still doing this. It's like, it was so frustrating for me too. When all this was going down, they're like, oh, we got to shut down the gyms. And I'm like, hey, you shut down the gyms, but I can go get a Big Mac. Are you freaking serious? Okay. <laughs> oh, and I can get alcohol delivered to my house. This is really, this is a great, not good plan. You know, and it's like, it was, you know, you need health. And the thing was like, you probably saw it. Like I run an MMA gym. There's no six, you can't social distance in an MMA gym. I mean, my no. God, we're like this close. Yeah. And we were like, when it all, when we got to reopen, we were like, you know, I just told the guys, I'm like, Hey, you know what? We're going to train. If you don't feel comfortable, don't train, you know, but it is what it is at this point. You know, we're going to find out if, you know, this thing. And like, literally for the last two years, I've had no one get seriously sick. Like people would be like, Oh man, I was sick for a day or two. And I was like, Oh, that sucks. And two or three, but like no one in the hospital, no one. And then like, wait a second. So you're saying if we work out, we're, we have a strong immune system, you know, and it's like a lot of people, crazy idea. That is, it's insane. It's like, <laughs> they don't talk about it. They just talk about the neck, the new shot coming out. Like, Hey, we got a new one. And I'm like, how about uh, cardio three times a week? Yeah. You know, get off 10,000 steps or what would the new study come out? Even 8,000 steps, like cuts, like a lot of the, um, uh, in the U S they did a study. They used to, companies always wanted to do 5,000. Then they bumped it to 8,000 because I guess at 8,000 steps, it, that level of activity cuts down on like all these things that will kill you. But it's like, we, we don't talk about it. We just talk about what the news wants us to talk about. And, oh, hey, they mm. got they got new fries. <laughs> like, I don't want fries. It's like, I want to live longer and have fun and enjoy it. But yeah, it was crazy because I was like, man, we're all going to get this. We're all going to be in the hospital eventually. But jujitsu guys are crazy. We're just like, you know what? We're just going to train. And then literally for, you know, knock on wood, I'm just like, 
nothing ever happened. Yeah, it's just absolutely mental. Um, yeah, and I had friends that were overweight and they got hospitalized and I'm like, bro, you don't work out. I'm like, well, that's not it. I'm like, really? Because, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but you're not allowed to say that, you know, Paul. You're not allowed to. Yeah, I get in trouble. You're not allowed you to... <laughs> Lose my Instagram, get shadow banned. You get those little warnings on your Instagram. You're like, seriously, I can't have an opinion now. It's like only opinion I can have is the one you give me. It's like, awesome. So, so if, if going back to the, the, the goals for people, so that, that was interesting. So you said like similar to business, it's a good goal to have six months, like what you would class as obviously in business, we call it operating expenses, yep. I guess in personal, you just call it, what, what would it, what would you need to pay off your, not pay off, but your, your monthly mortgage, what, yep. if you've got a car payment or if you've got your shopping bill, you know, work out what that number is you know times that by six that that's a good goal to to work towards to yes or have that in the bank having a little savings account yeah, and people guess. freak out and people freak out when i tell them that in both i'm like you don't have to do it now just start make some progress put a couple hundred bucks a month away towards each one and then you're going to be like hey whoa cool the, you know in x amount of years you've got that covered and then i tell a lot of entrepreneurs when they go through and they set up these systems the stress level just drops because you're not you're still we're always stressed out as entrepreneurs because we're always trying to do things and improve things but when you take that money stress off of like hey if something goes wrong we're going to be okay yeah you know, that's just a good yeah. feeling to have where do you stand on property then paul because let, you know there'll be some people will be thinking well six months you know um expenses you know that's thousands of thousands you know let's say they're they're renting and that they do their six months based on their rent um, but they're thinking, well, uh, would that money be better invested in my own property or, you know, because you hear a lot of um, varying ideas from investor gurus about, well, no, you shouldn't buy property. That should only be used if it's an investment. And then you then you others have different views. So I'm curious what your what your thoughts Man, are. On that. I think if you if you have the ability to buy a building that you're running your business out of, I'm a huge fan of that. I think that's a great thing to do. I have friends that have done that and made really good money because you know, you're the tenant and if you get a building that has an extra space and you can rent out to someone else, then you're cash flowing it on something. I mean, yeah, to me, that's I'm talking great... more just personal house. Personal. Oh, oh, personal yeah. house, personal house. Yeah. That's a huge debate in the U S too. You get these guys like never buy a house only rent. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I listen to a lot of podcasts where guys have actually gotten rid of their houses and they just rent and like, you know, they, they love it, you know? So it's a weird thing because everybody's like, well, no, the house, you build up equity and you can sell it. But then they're like, well, you know, factor in all the expenses you have to put in the house over 20 years. Do you really make that much money? So I'm kind of torn on that, honestly, because I've been in my house now, we've been in this house 17 years, you know, and getting, but then my wife and I are talking about, it's like, if we sell it, what are we going to do? Do we, you know, rent something? Do we buy something? You know, it's like, it, it's such a, personal choice i guess because there's there's pros and cons to both like some of the guys that i follow they're like no never buy a house just rent it because then somebody's got to fix everything that goes wrong you never have to replace an air conditioner or fix a garbage disposal they have to do it and then take the money that you save the difference from like property tax and invest that over the time frame and you, you can make as much or more so honestly i think it's just a personal choice for that one because i think they're yeah, both have yeah. pros and cons it's, there's lots of complexities to it in terms <laughs> yeah. of situation i know at the money uh, at the moment that you know the rental markets really is it's not a market to be in over here yeah it's um, crazy right now yeah and now we're having a huge thing in the u.s where we had a huge run-up on the house prices and now they're tanking because everybody's trying to sell and they want to sell for last year's prices and those are gone so it's like it's a weird situation for sure yeah okay i've got to ask the question mm -hmm. where are you on the whole cryptocurrency then <laughs> what's, Love what's, your, what's your thoughts 
so here's my thing on crypto. I don't understand it completely, but I think it has a very good use for it. So I've been investing in crypto since, God, it's been like three or four years. Obviously, I didn't invest enough in the beginning. None of us did. You know, and then I invested more when it was higher, of course, and that didn't work out as well. So I tell people, and I got this good advice back in the day is like, crypto to me is a very speculative investment. Some people are like, no, it's not, it's the future. And, and it might be, but I don't want to miss out on it. So what I do is I just dollar cost average every month into the, the, the major coins that I like. And I try Can to keep you explain the of... dollar cost average. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, sometimes I do that. Or I get rolling. I start to, it's like yeah, no, terms. So dollar cost averaging. So say, and this would have helped people out a lot. So say at the end of last year, when Bitcoin was at $60,000 and everybody's like, oh my God, it's going to a million dollars. You got to get it now. And everybody, that's the problem with us, us humans is we buy at the top and we sell at the bottom. Cause we're just, we're insane because we don't buy until we feel like we're missing out. You have to like feel this pain of like, oh my God, I'm missing everything. It's going to go from 60 to a million and then I'm not going to have anything. So what do we do? People, we just buy at the top because everybody's hyping it up. So, so say you had $10,000 and you're like, man, I, I really believe in Bitcoin. It's at 60,000. I'm going to buy it. And then obviously it went down to like 17 and you're like, oh my God, and I got to explain to my wife, I lost eight grand and it's bad. So dollar cost averaging is when you take a set amount of money and you just put that money in every month, week, quarter, whatever, you just pick a time frame. So say you had $10,000 sitting around and you're like, you know, I like Bitcoin, but it seems kind of high right now. I'm going to put $850 a month into Bitcoin for the next year. So then you're averaging in your price. So when Bitcoin was at 60, 50, 40, you're buying it at a lower price and getting more of it. Or if it was still going up, you're buying it still, but it gives you an average which mm. is kind of nice. So if you're not dealing with a lump sum of money, then I tell people just pick a number you feel comfortable with. So if, like the advice I got in the past, if it's something speculative and you know volatile, which crypto is obviously, is don't put more money in there than you're willing to take out in the backyard and set on fire and have a yeah. nice little cookout with the family. So yeah. I always joke around with my wife. I'm like, she's like, oh, you bought more Bitcoin. I'm like, well, I just do it automatically. You know, but the, the coins I like, it goes through, it buys automatically. And like when the market crashed this year, I was kind of like, wow, this sucks. I had all this money and now I don't, but it didn't change my lifestyle at all. It's just all in, it's just numbers in an, in an app. I'm like, you know, well, it sucks. Yeah, it would have been fun to have that money, but it's gone. But hey, guess what? I can still feed my family, keep the lights on, you know, because you read these horror stories of people like, oh, I refinanced my house or I took out credit card loan and I bought Bitcoin. I'm like, nah. wow. I'm like, don't ever do that. Don't, don't even do that for a regular investment. It's like, you know, build up assets and then acquire things or dollar cost dollar cost averaging is the best way to get started in anything with you know investing with crypto with anything just pick a number and be like you know what i'm i you know big example like okay people think i think bitcoin is going to do well okay put a hundred dollars a month into bitcoin you know is it going to kill you if if it goes to zero no but maybe at a hundred x's and you mm. put you put five thousand dollars in there and now you got 500,000 and you're like holy crap this was amazing so to me it's like you get to participate but without the stress <laughs> And Bitcoin, yeah, like you said, it's just recently massively crashed. It's just on its way back up slightly, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Do you think that's just going to continue or you just, uh, you, you, it's all speculative, isn't it? You, it's so speculative. Every time, every time yeah. I think I'm right, I'm wrong. So it's yeah. like, that's yeah. the funny part about investing. Even watching with crypto, I mean, you get all these guys, you know, like, oh, Dogecoin's going to blah, blah, blah. And these people have made a whole bunch of money and they're like, never sell it, diamond hands. And then it crashed and they're like, okay, now I'm broke. So it's like, you just never know. So that's why I don't want to be out of the games because then, then you get that FOMO of like, oh my God, I'm not in Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever the so, coin so, is. So the dollar cost averaging, very similar concept to what you were saying earlier about just yep. getting in a habit of 
you know, um, putting away a little bit of money each month. So let's say someone's built up £10,000 a month, you know, they would out of that, they maybe put, I don't know, just for example, say like £50 a, a month of that, yeah. you know, money into crypto, if that, you know, on a each dollar cost averaging, as you put it, same, yep. same sort of concept, you know, I, I guess. So, so for me, the guy, there's going to be lots of people listening who have never heard <laughs> of, you know, crypto i'm sure most people heard of crypto but never really sure of what it's all about and i mean a lot of this stuff where can people where, where's the best place where do you sort of recommend people if they want to start thinking about like i made that mindset shift i, I sort of shared earlier where i realized i'm in business the goal of a business is to make money and how do you make money you become better at understanding how to build wealth that was just a, such a simple, like one, two, three. <laughs> it just took me like 20, 15 years to get to that point. <laughs> it that, yeah, it takes everybody a long time because we're not taught it. It's what, that's what's super frustrating. That's why I love doing these podcasts and talking to people. We're not taught these things in school. It's like, I know mm. geometry and algebra, but I, but I was never taught personal finance or how to buy a stock or, or what crypto was. You know, could you imagine if they taught this stuff in school? It'd yeah, and, and unfortunately, I mean, maybe things have changed, but I doubt they have. When it, when I no. did do business studies at school, it was the most boring top. It was most boring study ever, so it just wasn't made fun. It wasn't taught very well. No. Um, but yeah, so so where can a, a real beginner to investing start? Are there any books? Are there any like resources? Obviously, you you have your your book, The Money Fight. Do you cover mm -hmm. a lot of this in that? Paul? Yeah, the, the Money Fight. I cover a lot of it, um, and I break it down into simpler terms because it was funny. Like when you. You had me explain dollar cost average. I had the editor went through the book multiple times. We tried to, to make it for an entry-level person to understand. So there's a lot of terminology in there. I try to explain what things are because that's the biggest thing is nobody wants to admit it because they're intimidated because they don't understand the, the vocabularies to it. So they're like, well, I don't know what these words mean. So mm. I'm not going to invest. It's like, no, just spend a little time, read it, and then start to learn it and then talk about it. Talk about it with your wife. Talk about it with your kids. You know, uh, watch CNBC, you know, things like that where you're learning about the markets. Um, you can get so much free education too, is like any of the apps out there now, like uh, Robinhood, Fidelity, Schwab, they all have like investor trainings. So you can go in there and you can watch webinars. You can read different things. Uh, Tony Robbins book money is really good. Uh, it's, yeah, I have that book. It's, it's so big, but it's a great the only read. thing about that book for me is it, it's very, it's aimed purely at the American market. Right. A lot yeah. of the term, terminology and even suggestions are, are very sort of Americanized, but I, I did, I mean, the, the book itself and, and yeah it's a really good book and he he talks about the first rule being i think he he recommends around 10 percent of your your monthly income doesn't he or something like yeah, that yeah i think it's like around 10 percent. yeah because if you do that it'll change your life i mean it, it's just it's it's inevitable you know unless the world goes to zero then it doesn't matter then we're just out we're out in the forest trying to find berries and yeah. So your book and, and, um, and just looking at different resources and mm -hmm. have you got any favorite recommendations in terms of platforms that you use to, for things like investments and trading? I use a little bit of everything. Um, you know, learning crypto Coinbase is probably the easiest and it has really good, um, it has a whole education section and they'll actually give you crypto when they teach you about different stuff. So it's kind of cool. Um, yeah, there's a couple others. Crypto.com for that also too. And then like it, uh, in the US, Fidelity, Schwab, Ameritrade are all amazing. I don't know which ones, if they have brokerages over there in the UK. I don't know which ones you guys use there. Um, but we, yeah, the, the, the one popular ones, eToro. Um, and then yeah, Crypto.com. Yeah. Well, Crypto.com and Coinbase are pretty much worldwide, aren't they? Yeah, so they're worldwide. 
Yeah. And then brokerages are a little bit different, but whatever, whatever a popular brokerage firm is, you know, I'm would get bet that they have some kind of an investor education portal on their website because they want you to learn. They mm. want you to invest money. They want you to stick around. They want you to be an investor. It's like they're, they're incentivized for you to stay. And this is a really important topic. I think like, you know, I think more and more, um, you know, people, whether you've got your own business or everyone should try and work, it's going to be really beneficial to people's lives if they start to work on building more of an investor mindset to their life, right? Oh, yeah. Think about things differently. It's like, literally, you know, it goes back to entrepreneurship, like not making a recommendation, but I'm a huge Amazon fan. It's like, I, I mean, we get so many Amazon packages, it's literally ridiculous between my wife, my son and myself. I'm just like, oh, my God. So I was was, you know, back in the day, Peter Lynch was a famous uh, hedge or a famous fund manager in the US. And he always said, you know, buy companies you believe in. And when you stop believing them, sell them. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. You know, so I've been buying Amazon for years and I've made a, a really good amount of money from Amazon. And, I, but I look at it as a different way. It's like, yes, it goes up. Yes, it goes down. But I learn every, they do all kinds of really cool stuff. Like in the US, they just bought a pharmaceutical company and they're trying to like literally revolutionize prescription drug delivery. Could you imagine what that's going to do to the world if you wow. like get sick and you can go online and talk to a doctor on Amazon and then they next they prime ship you your medicine you never have to leave the house it's like yeah yeah sign me up because when I go to the doctor now you're sick it's hour wait in the lobby as you're coughing up along with 30 other people and you're you're lucky feed. you're lucky to be able to talk to a doctor we can't yeah. talk to a doctor over here it's impossible it, <laughs> it's crazy but can you imagine if Amazon pulls this off you know and then in the U.S. they but you can learn so much from watching what these big companies do and then they acquired um iRobot, the, the um, smart vacuums, you know, that go around oh, the yeah. house and they yeah. bought them. I mean, they, so like you learn all these things, like, why are they buying them? And then you get these conspiracy theories. Oh, they're going to put Alexa in them and then they're going to map your house. It's like, they already have the map to your house. The blueprints are somewhere, but people are so crazy about it. But I think it's cool because you're seeing these, these changes in the world, but you have this investor mindset, you start looking at it differently because I'm, I'm a shareholder in Amazon. So it's like, when they do stuff, I get excited. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. They bought that and that, that hopefully that's going to drive a stock up and then this and this and it's just fun because you think differently, you talk to your spouse differently. And then most importantly, if you have kids, talk to your kids about this stuff. Like I grew up, you didn't talk about money. Money was evil. Don't talk about money. Only rich people have money. And then I got around rich people and that's all they talk about is money to their kids. And I'm like, this isn't fair. It's like rich people educate their family on money. And then the middle class and um, people don't have money. I don't, know, I don't want to use that, that improper yeah, term. They're, whatever. they're working but, hard to. Earn yeah, they're enough, working yeah. hard, just struggling, and they're you know, and they're doing the best they can. But they feel like they can't talk about money because they don't have a lot yet. But break the cycle for your kids. Teach your kids about money. Talk to them about money. Make it not a taboo thing. Make it where your kids are like talking about investing and like, oh, I want to do this and this and this. And it's just yeah, I had that. I had my first experience of that just this week. My little five-year-old boy. Um, there's this, there's this, there's this kids game called, uh, I don't know, rock or block, <laughs> block something. It's just basically one of these oh, virtual... Roblox. Yeah. That one yep. Roblox. Yeah. So you're building these, uh, these worlds and I kind of, you know, because I, I can see the future and how things are going and digital finance and, uh, and he, he, he'd used up all of his, you know, my, his mom, my wife, you know, she'd bought 10 pounds worth of these it's insane. stuff that he could buy. He used it within the first week. Right. <laughs> so I was trying to explain to him the value of money is that, well, you know, that's, that's your month's worth gone, you know? Yeah. And, um, and he said, well, how do I earn money? How do I get more money? 
I said, well, you have to earn that money. Well, what can I, how do I do it? I said, well, you have to do jobs. And he asked me for a job. He said, well, what, what, what can I That's do? Awesome. What? And I was like, so I was, I was in the garden at the moment, at the time, just working on my laptop. And I, was, I looked around and like the garden was a mess. Like there was leaves everywhere. And <laughs> You're like, there it is. Sweeping needed doing. And I was like, this is a good opportunity. And I got him working for like an hour, just sweeping the garden, <laughs> um, putting leaves in the bin. And That's you great, know what, though. Do you know what? His, uh, the, I got him to sweep out my, my, my gym at home and he did a really good job. <laughs> and um, his, yeah, his face at the end, like, I was like, you've earned your 800, I think he got like 800 or 1,000 new Roblox things that he can use. And he was so happy. And he was like, you know, really proud of his job and i was like that's <laughs> that made me realize like that's that's a that's just something to really instill and like you you work for your money and um and that's how you invest and it's yeah it's a good it's a good lesson yeah and, and to the next level you can do that which is awesome that's that's a, a killer thing to do next thing is um do you guys use iphone or use droid iphone iphone so on this little stock thing go find roblox stock add it to your iphone and start showing it to him and start talking to him about it and do it'll freak you'll you'll see these kids eyes open up and they're like what it's like yeah this is the company that people can buy roblox yeah. the company and then you start teaching us so i do with my son a lot back in the day when he was younger is i would show him different stocks put in the phone and i'm like could you imagine if you bought this and then I'd have him write it down like what it's at and then like a year from now I'd be like hey you would have could have made this much money but just getting the kids to think about it because a lot of kids don't re they don't i mean a lot of parents don't under understand that it's like these companies are out there, they're making money. And it's like, it's cool because then you can teach the kids like, Hey, this is actually a thing that makes money. And here's the stock. And then the kids are like, what's, and then of course, five-year-olds would be like, what's a stock, you know, a stock yeah. is when you, you buy, it. but you start that conversation, you know, when they're younger, then it's, it's not a big conversation. Like me, I didn't know what anything until I was 26. Mm. And I'm like, man, if I'd had somebody in my life that taught me that at five, 10 years old, it's like, that'd have been amazing. Yeah, it's just incredible what's coming. I mean, if you know, just with VR on, 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 <laughs> going once that explodes and you mix in virtual reality with some of these games, and then you've got digital finances like crypto all merging oh, it's, together. Oh it's crazy. my God. <laughs> <laughs> we live in a wild time. It really is crazy. So this is, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, it's been I pers personally really enjoyed it. I hope the listeners have as well. It's been, um, very much, uh, uh, yeah, uh, a learning from myself, to be honest. So, um, any, any last words of wisdom, Paul, for, um, uh, wannabe investors listening in? Yeah, I would say, listen to this one more time. You know, some of the words aren't going to hit you right away. If things don't make sense, Google it. Google is the greatest thing on earth. It's like, what was that thing? Asset allocation, Google it. Like, oh, okay. That's not such an intimidating word. It's, you know, um, listen to this one more time and then just take action just get started i don't care if it's a, i tell people just start with a dollar a day but it, once you start and you start getting those habits just like working out once you start working out you start feeling better you're like oh i should do more of this this is pretty cool mm. you know so just get started treat it like you know treat it like your fitness you know fitness finance same things it's like yeah just make that commitment to like hey i'm gonna improve this because you know hopefully we all live a long long life and it's like you know then when you're old you get to go enjoy it even when you're younger you can enjoy it you know you can do more things because you've built up assets that make life a little bit easier i think i think the the analogy with fitness is actually really good isn't it because you know in fitness we talk all the time about setting goals reviewing your goals but you know for the majority of people they the reason why their finances aren't in good shape is because the idea of looking at their bank account and looking at how maybe potentially little money they have 
you know, that scares the living daylights out of them and, and all they think... <laughs> Nobody wants to look at They it. watch too much of the news, oh. which is always scaremongering. And so they're not really reviewing where they're at. And if you don't review where you're at, you can't make any good decisions. And so a bit like fitness, you know, I mean, I don't know how often I'm guessing you review most days, right? But what would you recommend in terms of investments that people do at very least like once a month, just, you know, once a week, just reviewing... Yeah minimum once a month, just look at where you're at, like the, and, but look at like the progress you're making and then review it and make sure you have your automations running. Cause then it's fun. Like I look at my stuff daily. Cause I'm just, that's who I am. And I'm wired weird because I'm addicted to it, but it's like, I'm making sure this money's moving here. And it's almost like you're managing it versus doing it because it's the, you know, it's like boop, boop, just fires off and does its own thing. So I would say at least monthly, look at your financial situation and, and have a, and have a real talk with yourself and be like, Oh, you know, I could probably do this better. And if I, switch this one habit to this and that frees up a couple hundred pounds. Like, oh, I can invest in this and this and do this and then start get, working on your mindset. But yeah, once a month is good. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you, have you ever come across the profit first system? Oh, I love it. That's where I, that's where I started out doing stuff with back in the day. But the problem was, is like, it, it's complex for people. Like just to get somebody to open one extra account is a nightmare. And when you tell them you got to do five, they just look at me and roll their eyes and walk off. And I'm like, all right. This is not going well. So that's when I, yeah, yeah I, I, had to, I had first, to, my mentor, my mentor, business mentor got me to open 10 accounts because I had two separate businesses. I was like, yeah, it's, it took me ages. Yeah, <laughs> and then your accountants, then your accountant gets frustrated and they want to charge you more if you have too many accounts and you're like, okay, I'm just going to simplify this. So, so yeah, I do a lot of things simpler, similar to that, but I just simplified it a lot because, yeah, you know, it is a little complex. Yeah. Tell yeah. somebody they got to open five accounts tomorrow. They're just going to, nah, yeah, I'll do it later. And then they never do anything. So I'm like, man, just open one savings account and get started. Yeah. 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 But the, the, the concept is good though, right? Just oh, it's pay amazing. yourself first. Always um, pay yourself first. Mm. Have to, because the money's going to be gone at the end of the month. That's why I love automation because it just moves the money. You didn't do anything. You didn't move it. And it's like, you already paid yourself and you're like, Hey, cool. I paid myself again. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Always pay yourself first. But the problem is everybody's like, Oh, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll move money at the end of the month. There's no money left at the end of the month. We entrepreneurs, we find a way to spend it on something. Mm. <laughs> so um, obviously the name of this podcast is mastering you. Uh, one of the last questions I always like to ask is what does mastering you mean to you Paul, or self mastery in one or two sentences? Self mastery to me is self-mastery me would be, you know, and a lot of people talk about like the key areas of life, you know, for me, it's like having my family, fitness, finances, and then freedom slash fun dialed in, you know, where I've got the habits from addressing the major parts of my life and I'm able to enjoy it. You know, as long as I'm doing that, you know, to me, that's, you know, self-mastery. If I can, if I can wrangle those key areas of life, you know, that's great. But a lot of people, don't do they they overcommit to one or the other and then they never go and do the freedom and fun part you know they yeah. work all the time like dude take a freaking vacation take your family somewhere do something reset you know so i'm a big fan of that and now that the world's reopening it's like oh my god i can go and travel again <laughs> i know it's amazing isn't it oh it's gonna be great fantastic i thoroughly enjoyed this thanks for taking the time yeah that was fun thank you cheers paul much for tuning into today's show hope you enjoyed it 
If you did, all I would ask is to head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever you're listening to this from, and just pop us a five-star rating. That is what is going to help us keep this show going and keep delivering awesome content to you. If you'd love to connect with me personally, if you'd like me to help you with your own path to self-mastery, then you can get me on any of our social media channels, all of which are in the show notes on Facebook, Instagram, etc. Best place to get me though personally is in our Mastering You Facebook group, okay? So head on over to the show notes for that link. Come and say hi if I can help you with any way with your fitness, your mindset, your health, wellness goals, I sure will. Until then, take care.